one of the, the things that stuck out a lot to me is, you know, we were coming back to those, the two whys about why we're doing it. One about people being able to live free from preventable disease. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's something that's like a real platitude of a statement. Uh, but, you know, you have to have, I guess, big overarching goals like, like that. But especially, you know, we're not talking about the common cold. We're talking about, you know, malaria, which amongst other mosquito-borne diseases is something that we know that we can prevent, which has a massive unnecessary burden of disease. And really, like Tim's pointed out, the obstacle, it's not a lack of understanding about the disease itself. It's not a lack of understanding about how to stop it. It's just that we just there's not enough money to put bed nets in the hands of people who need them the most. Be reminded that a mosquito bite for us might just be a bit of an itchy evening, but for someone halfway across the world, it can mean something far more significant. Welcome to Junior Doctors Corner, the podcast that helps medical students and junior doctors like yourself not only survive but thrive in your careers. We cover topics including doctor well-being, career, and life outside of medicine. My name is Dana and I am your host for this podcast. Are you ready for a healthy dose of support, motivation, and inspiration? Then let's start this episode stat. Hi, Tim and Bal. Thank you so much for joining me on Junior Doctors Corner. Thanks, Amy. Thank you so much. Um, in case our listeners haven't actually had the opportunity or the pleasure of having gotten to know you guys yet, can you please tell them a bit about yourselves? Sure. My name is Tim. I'm a doctor. I'm a resident uh, in Newcastle. I am actually originally from Canberra. I studied at the University of New England. I'm away to, uh, to Newcastle for the last couple of years, settled in there. Uh, nicely it's pretty easy living there uh, and I've met Bal along the way which has been great yeah um, so Tim and I actually met we were in the same year initially so we actually had our interviews for med school together um, and then we're in the JMP program so I've been in Newcastle for, for the five five years of the degree uh, but we actually started off in a pretty funny way because we sort of met very briefly at the interview and then ran into each other later on that year I can't remember I think it was maybe it's OCAMP or something uh, and we're trying to remember where we recognize each other from and we realized it was the interview uh, and Tim said that oh yeah you, you turned up in your school uniform hadn't you and I, it was definitely not school uniform and it definitely been a, a set of clothes that my mom and I had picked out for the interview uh, which were definitely home clothes but um, yeah so we got off to a, a good start to the friendship on a bit of a blast to that yeah so the, the past few years have just been building on that. In addition to knowing each other and being JMOs in New South Wales, there's also something really cool that you guys do outside of work. Um, so can you please tell us a bit more about that? In 2019, the University of Newcastle was running a competition uh, because for the listeners who know about the, the campus there, it's effectively built on a swamp. Uh, so it's full of mothies and you can't uh, dare to make it across the campus without getting bitten. So the uni had a competition about how can you try and control the problem of mosquitoes locally on the campus, but thinking a bit more globally, how can you start to address the global health burden that they pose? So Tim and I, we thought we'd have a crack at it, uh, and we tagged one or two other friends in, uh, and we made a pitch to start a social enterprise called Born Clothing. Born is based on the overarching belief that um, we think that everyone should be able to live a life free of um, a preventable disease. Uh, I think that's especially... Um, uh, important when we're thinking about mosquito-borne disease uh, because each year 700 million people catch a mosquito-borne disease. Uh, 400,000 of these people will die from it uh, and more than half of these people are children, uh, which is uh, one every two minutes actually. Um, so I guess what we do at Born Clothing now is we create mosquito-repellent clothing 
and we donate half of uh, the profits to funding effective interventions to mosquito-borne diseases across the world. So 50% of our profits go towards funding public health interventions uh, to prevent uh, and treat these diseases. Uh, and we actually donate 50% of these profits uh, to a partner organisation. They're a UN foundation organisation called Nothing But Nets. Uh, and they're already operating in these areas where mosquito-borne diseases are endemic. Uh, and they uh, deploy these initiatives in the communities that really need them most. And the, the sort of the reason that we've gone about it in this particular way uh, is that we were kind of inspired by the idea of social enterprise from companies like Thank You Water and Who Gives a Crap, uh, because they really show you that you can have an impact even with the most basic choices you make on an everyday basis. So, you know, Thank You, it's the, the bottled water that you pick up at the store. Uh, with Who Gives a Crap, it's what you use to wipe your ass. Uh, so we thought, why can't it be uh, the same case for the T-shirt that you put on in the morning? Uh, and so we're really just motivated by this belief that, you know, every choice we make can have a difference, uh, and we don't think your choice of clothing should be any different. Um, yeah, so then that's the, the way that's taken shape, and it seems to have been uh, a bit of a hit with the, the few hundred people so far who've um, latched on and bought a shirt. That's very cool. Those are some very staggering stats there, and I can, you know, hear that you guys and see that you guys are very passionate about this. So you went from university project to try and solve this swamp issue at your um, campus to now um, running a social enterprise. Talk us through, you know, the process. Like, how did you guys even come about the idea of mosquito repellent clothing, you know, of all things? Like, how did you arrive at that point? We started with a few more complicated ideas, which uh, in retrospect, were way too complex for the sort of the, the breadth of the, the competition and the sort of the funding that was available. Uh, and we took one of the one or two of those to um, Siobhan Curran, who is one of the people working at the university who are running the competition. Uh, and she said that we were we were making it way too complicated, and we should really boil it down. And I guess this is our first sort of introduction to starting to get to grips with some business principles and you know the idea of a minimum viable product. Uh, and we thought, what's the, the most stripped down thing we can do that can connect these two ideas? Uh, and Tim had previously talked a lot about social enterprise. The common factor between these two was keeping mosquitoes away. Uh, and we thought, well, how do we normally do that? We do that with sprays and we do that with vanilla coils. Um, but we don't have something that we reliably put on clothing uh, or we don't have clothing that performs reliably. Uh, and the clothing that does, we know historically, has typically been uh, in the sort of like the hiking market, the outdoorsy sort of stuff, uh, which whilst maybe functional, doesn't always look fantastic. Uh, and so we were inspired by the idea of trying to, you know, be able to walk across the campus without compromising your fashion choices. So we thought we'd blend a bit of surfwear streetwear with something that was a bit functional. Uh, and yeah, we thought that, you know, the idea of being able to actually put something on and protect yourself, something that's on your back, being able to protect someone else was a sort of a nice motif to carry that idea through as well. That's very cool. Once you've come up with this idea, how did you guys even went and take it to the next level and go, I want to start a social enterprise? And did you guys have any prior experiences in starting one? Like absolutely none. No. <laughs> I guess that we, uh, we came up with this idea uh, based on really the foundation as well that the World Health Organization identified as the biggest roadblock uh, in um, lowering the rates of mosquito-borne disease is funding. So we thought, okay, how can we generate funding that we can then donate. Uh, so we kind of created this business model. That then won us the grand challenge, this University of Newcastle initiative. Uh, and from that, we won $10,000. And then we kind of got up on stage, accepted our large check, and then went, 
I guess we're doing this. Uh, we can't throw away this opportunity. So then we, uh, uh, we got the wheels in motion and got started with creating a social enterprise, which, of course, uh, none of us had done before uh, but it was incredibly exciting we tried to start it uh, and it was very slow at the beginning uh, we didn't know where we were running towards kind of running blindly in the dark and trying to uh, create clothing sell it online get this mosquito repellent aspect going um, and it's, it's it was slow progress until we had those first shirts in our hands but when we worked and we got those first shirts in our hands in my garage in Newcastle uh, that's when we knew we had something special and we were keen just keep running but for the for the first few months i think really the biggest learning curve for us was that um perfect is the enemy of good and that became a quote that we often put up on our uh, meeting minutes because we just continually had these like really grand ideas uh and just hadn't really taken a proper step forward uh and we finally thought that you know if we rather than trying to figure out the theory before doing it we should just do it to figure out the theory of how to do it uh, and so we just pulled the trigger we ordered 200 shirts uh, in two simple designs, and we're like, okay, now we're going to try and figure out how to, you know, how to sell these. Um, and the two other guys on the team, uh, Pat, who's a uh, a mechatronic engineer, and Dan, who's actually a, a graphic designer and does uh, all the all the designs for the shirts, um, they were able to uh, make make the process run uh, a bit more efficiently than Tim and I was just wild projecting first idea. Um, and uh, yeah, so then we managed to get those two hundred first shirts together. I managed to get those sold on pre order. Uh, and since then, we've just been sort of stumbling our way forwards, and I think we've finally started to find our feet a bit. And so if someone was, you know, listening to this podcast and thought to themselves, you know, wow, this is a really great idea, I want to start a social enterprise, you know, because there's so many things in medicine that um, we can certainly take it to a more public health level and help more people aside from just the patient that's sitting in front of us. Um, you know, what are your top tips or advice for a junior doctor that, wants to you know do something similar to what you guys have done yeah probably my, my uh, first piece of advice of uh, trying to i guess uh, create a bit of small change on a large scale is to tr uh, try and identify what the initial problem actually is for us we identified that the problem with uh, making headway on mosquito-borne disease was um funding that was laid out by the world health organization so we thought okay how can we just create some dollars for other problems the uh, the core issue may be you know something vastly different, uh, but we kind of did a bit of research and burrowed down to what actually is the problem, rather than speculating ourselves. And initially, we're trying to develop our own mosquito-borne disease interventions. And at the end of the day, that's not where what we're uh, uh, we're good at and what and what we've learned to do. So identifying the key problem and then uh, creating a simple solution to uh, tackle that problem. One thing that I really come to realize, especially in the first few months, uh, was the importance of having uh, a variety of skills in the, the group of people who, you know, you're trying to carry this idea through with. And I think you often don't know the things you don't know and you don't realize your own blind spots. Uh, and that was particularly the case, I think. You know, I, I knew Pat from, from high school, uh, but I, hadn't, I didn't know Dan previously uh, and I hadn't really had any experience coming, you know, face-to-face -face with design work before. Yeah, it was really enlightening to see that, you know, the vast differences in skills and the vast differences in, in experience uh, and how exciting it was that the, the things that you were strong at um, sort of balanced out the things that other people were strong at and, uh, you know, collectively and cohesively meant that you could actually, uh, yeah, you could affect, you know, efficiently work on stuff uh, and create something of value and try and make yourself aware of your weak spots so that you can start working on them. 
Absolutely. And so what is it like for you guys at the moment to be juggling, you know, working as a junior doctor and running a successful social enterprise? Have there been any challenges that you guys have had to overcome or more potential future challenges that you foresee? Being in the life of a junior doctor, time is definitely of the essence. You want to, you know, you're, you're caught at work. Uh, sometimes it feels like at all hours. Uh, and then also you want to be able to enjoy yourself as well, which I think is an important part of JMO and RMO years. Uh, so trying to find time in doing so. But also, I guess the balance of that is trying to keep momentum. So for us, it's been putting aside a bit of time each week where we can be together to collaborate and then working on different aspects of the business in our own time, uh, but making sure that we, you know, balance that we don't run ourselves into ground because if you run yourself into the ground, then what could I? I think working in a team and having Val and the other members is amazing. And I don't think I'd ever be able to do anything like this by myself because, you know, when I lack momentum or lack motivation or lack time, you know, Val uh, and the other guys are there to, to pick me up. What's really made it possible, and as you know, it's very rich of me to give any sort of advice about time management as a JMO because I'm only six, seven weeks in and I had to take my annual leave. So I've actually had more time on holiday than work this year. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think even towards the end of last year, um, just at, at the end of med school, uh, I think just the fact that it was such an enjoyable thing and something that we, we actually, I actually felt passionate about doing meant that it didn't seem like I was, you know, coming home from one work you know, or one day of work to another, you know, an evening of work is something that I, I genuinely wanted to do. That's probably quite a common thing throughout med school. Um, Tim and I were just chatting about this before we before we started talking to you, Dana, about, um, you know, people doing so many things during med school and those people, you know, who are just real overachievers and, you know, people just fill up their plates incessantly. It's like a buffet and you just can never get, get, never get enough. Uh, and I think the what Born showed me is that um, it's it's better to find one or two things that you're really passionate about and that you're going to find a lot of fulfillment in doing rather than a whole bunch of different things. Maybe don't make you the master of one or, you know, yeah, don't necessarily give you the same sort of excitement or passion as one thing might, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you there, Val. So, so far you guys have been in operation for how long now? We've officially launched on the 9th of July. That was our first pre-sale day. Uh, so we're... Now getting to mid-March and we've sold, I think, just shy of half a thousand shirts at this point. Wow. Um, And the way that our funding model works means that we can effectively guarantee that enough funding is raised from each shirt to be able to provide one insecticide-treated bed net that will serve two people for three years. Wow. Um, so the, all, the money doesn't all go just to bed nets, despite nothing but nets his name. Um, it goes to a whole variety of interventions, as Tim said. But I guess the, the basic idea was to try and establish a one-for-one funding model. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's been the, the success of it so far. And we're on track to hit our, uh, hit our goal um, of ultimately at some point in the, the, the company's lifetime of being able to donate the money that we initially secured as the funding just so we can prove to ourselves that this hasn't been a waste of time and that it's, you know, it's been a valuable learning experience, yes, but also we've actually been able to contribute something positive and that the university wouldn't have just been better off donating the, the money. Uh, so we're on track to hit that, I think, in our first, first year of operation. I think even if, you know, I mean, I really do hope and want you know, you guys to hit your goal. Um, but even if you fall short of it a bit, I think you have still achieved something meaningful, worthwhile, and, you know, have learned a lot from it. And I'm sure whatever you guys do next, you're going to draw a lot from what you've done here with Born Clothing. 
Oh, that's very kind of you to say. And I, you know, I 100% agree with you. And one of the things that stuck out a lot to me is, you know, we were coming back to those the two whys about why we're doing it. One about people being able to live free from preventable disease. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's something that's like a real platitude of a statement. Uh, but, you know, you have to have, I guess, the overarching goals like, like that. But especially, you know, we're not talking about the common cold. We're talking about, you know, malaria, which amongst other mosquito-borne diseases is something that we know that we can prevent, which has a massive unnecessary burden of disease. And really, like Tim's pointed out, the obstacle, it's not a lack of understanding about the disease itself. It's not a lack of understanding about how to stop it. It's just that we just there's not enough money to put bed nets in the hands of people who need them the most. Be reminded that a mosquito bite for us might just be a bit of an itchy evening, but for someone halfway across the world, it can mean something far more significant. Um, yeah, and being able to raise awareness, even in, even as well as money, is is fantastic. I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, with the funds you guys are raising, you know, you mentioned that it's going to um, provide mosquito nets, things like that. So, where exactly are they going? Like, who are they for? Sure. So Nothing But Nets um, works, I guess, as a bit of an intermediary with a lot of organisations that work on the ground uh, in a whole variety of countries. Uh, they work across the world in sub-Saharan Africa, um, Central Central America, South America. Uh, the campaigns that we've specifically uh, partnered with them for in the latter half of 2020 was in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, and some of the stories that they provide us and some of the content they provided us about the people they're working with um, focused a lot actually on some of the refugee camps there, um, you know, and where people, you know, have fled from all sorts of uh, oppressive and awful realities uh, to end up in these camps where malaria is just an additional factor for them to have to, you know, worry about and be fearful of. Um, and some of the stories are from there quite sad, you know, with this sort of expectation that so many of the people have there of themselves and their children and their family being, you know, contracting malaria at some point. Um, and then, so that's the, that would, took us to the end of 2020. And then as we now move through 2021, where we're going to be looking to donate is with their new campaign, which is focusing largely uh, on Nigeria, um, which uh, of the, the many countries that have uh, endemic malaria uh, and a few recently have been declared malaria-free. Nigeria actually accounts for about 25% um, of, of all malaria cases. So it's a, uh, a, a real um, low-hanging fruit area to be able to start donating um, time and effort and resources. Great. And um, so for our listeners who are interested in purchasing um, one of your really cool permethrin-infused um, shirts, um, you know, how can they get their hands on one? Yeah, so if uh, any listeners, um, hopefully all listeners actually, <laughs> would like to grab a mozzie free tea, and then they can do so um, first at our website, which is bornclothing.com, B-O-R-N-E clothing.com. Um, please also jump on our social media, so uh, or on Facebook uh, and Instagram as well. Um, and then also there you'll be able to see updates uh, of us going to markets. Uh, we're based in Newcastle, so you might see Newcastle, Central Coast, Sydney, uh, some starting places to see us. Um, and uh, we'd love for people to jump on there, have a bit of a read about us and uh, grab a mozzie free tea. And the, the, the Instagram is born underscore clothing. Uh, and if you, uh, as a cheeky spruker, if you jump on the wait list, um, 
during uh, the, the next month or so, you'll have early access to some of our pre-orders. Uh, and we thought we'd also give uh, some of your podcast listeners a bit of a more enticing deal, which is we're happy to provide free shipping for them. Uh, and the free shipping code will just be uh, Mozzie Free Tea. So that's M-O-Z-Z-I-E, Free Tea, and T-E-E. <laughs> that's all, all one word. Uh, and um, yeah, that, that should give you free shipping for sure. So please share with us, what is your goal? Is this goal a secret? Because, you know, if you let everyone know what your goal is, then hopefully we can encourage more people to help you hit that target. So our target amount is to um, donate $10,000. That's in the first year because that's the, the we've been lucky enough to get a few grants along the way and that was the first grant. Uh, we received another one thanks to uh, the Social Enterprise Foundation Australia, so CIFA with their Kickstarter program with the Macquarie Group. Um, and well, I think our goals will cumulatively be repaying back all the, the grants that we've been given. But the, the first one was to yeah, hit that 10,000 from the first year. Okay. Uh, so we've got a, a close to 1,000 shirts coming in in the next month or two. Yeah. Uh, so if we can um, you know, get, get all of those off the shelves by the end of the financial year, then we should, we should have hit the goal. Wow, that's great. That's really exciting. Now, aside from, um, you know, I noticed on your website, you have some really beautifully designed t-shirts. What's next for Born Clothing? Are you going to expand to like shorts as well? Or, you know, is there another idea that you guys are going to throw into the mix? Yeah, so I guess uh, we talked about some of those goals that we're keen to pursue in the future and uh, building a bit of sustainability around the business, I think is important. Um, uh, in, in the fact that we'd like to um, make sure these business processes that we have built um, are long-lasting so that we can um, you know, work and pursue this and then also make sure that this continues on because we think it's an important uh, important mission to, uh, to pursue. As for the future of the business, uh, you know, in our product lines, mm. uh, we're definitely at the moment trying to make sure that we've got some good uh, T-shirt models down as kind of a great place to start. And then, yeah, we are keen to branch out into other products. We think, you know, uh, one of the places that, that um, where do Mozzies go to when they go to buy you? Well, to me, they go to my ankles. So um, some socks are definitely, I think, on the agenda for us. Uh, we think we definitely like to kick those off. And then uh, just just growth, I think, is something that we're really excited to uh, to do in a sustainable manner. Do you get where do you get bitten, Dana? What, what would you what would you be looking for that's not a t-shirt? Oh, that is a good question. I think I really like the sound of socks because I do tend to get a lot of bites around the ankles and feet area. So yeah, I'd be definitely purchasing when those come out. All right, we'll lock, we'll lock you in for an order. <laughs> Step closer to the goal. But in terms of branching out that product line, uh, it's I guess it's a combination of um, making sure that we we can we have enough funding to be able to do it in the first place, but also we're trying to be a bit careful about how we're sourcing stuff as well. With an overarching goal of trying to improve people's health, we don't want that to come at the cost of uh, you know other aspects of people's health. So uh, we've been trying to uh, source ethically. So we're our garments come from Fairweather Foundation approved factories, which means that their employees are employed in ethical and, and fair way. Uh, they are um, carbon offset from the, the factory floor um, all the way to the when they get delivered to you. So that's uh, done in accordance with gold standard criteria. And they're made from organic cotton as well. Yeah, that's uh, the barrier to expanding rapidly, but we want to make sure that we're, we're doing it sustainably and in a way that's, um, I guess, keeps in, in line with our ideals as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure, you know, your customers who will share the same values and ideals as you will appreciate all the measures that you guys have gone through. Now, 
in my mind, I'm imagining that you guys, when you get your orders in um, on weekends, it's not really time off for you. It's uh, more of packing up orders and sending them. You know, I can just imagine the amount of hard work you guys put into, you know, get this off the ground. Um, so yeah, what's the reality for you guys? Because I can imagine that life gets pretty crazy and busy for you guys. You're making this sound like it's an extremely ordered, well thought out <laughs> stepwise procedure, which it definitely is not. Yeah, it's definitely very collaborative with all four of us uh, who run the business. Uh, and it's done uh, at probably at all hours uh, <laughs> of the day and uh, randomly. There's definitely different tasks that pop up every now and then, whether if I look at last week, it was uh, packing some orders and shipping them off. It was uh, getting a large cabinet that we can store orders um, from half an hour away and feeding into a car. It was um, organizing this next shipment we have coming in. It was getting our financials uh, in order for a, a bit of a quarterly report. So it definitely happens uh, in a haphazard way. And I think that's just the nature, nature of uh, getting something off the ground in these early stages. Uh, I'm just lucky that it's not just uh, Val and myself. There's a, there's a good team of us who are doing it. Yeah, we, and, and considering we're still working out of a garage, we're going to, um, as long as we can, we're going to allow ourselves to be as disorganized as a, as a carriage based company is allowed to be. <laughs> um, and we've actually started going to some markets recently as well. So it's been taking up a bit of time um, on, on, the, on the weekend. But that's been a really fantastic experience, actually chatting to people about it uh, and getting their feedback on what they like about the, the clothing and what they, what they think about the mission. Um, and actually, in, in, in our post purchase surveys, the, half the people who are buying shirts are doing so actually because of the uh, the, the social enterprise quality um, and the, the the way that the, the funds are being donated. I actually I realized we didn't actually tell you how the shirt works, which I feel we should definitely. Uh, yeah. Yes, please. Uh, so the, the shirts use an active ingredient called permethrin, uh, which I'm sure a lot of the yep. listeners to the podcast will be aware of anyway, because uh, it's a um, WHO uh, essential medicine, uh, and it's been used for for years and years in long lasting insecticide treated bed nets. And the way that we're using it is we go through a company that, uh, that impregnates the, the, uh, the permethrin into the fibers of the shirt. So it actually doesn't wash off. Uh, and the studies they've done show that it retains the efficacy uh, even past 70 washes. So uh, effectively the lifetime of the garment. Um, yeah. So that, there you go. That's just a bit about how it works. Yeah. And even after the permethrin washes off, you'll just get a really cool T-shirt to keep. Well, exactly, but it actually and it doesn't actually wash off onto your skin either. So it's it's you know completely skin safe and doesn't wash off in in in, the, in, in water into the shower or anything. So um, you're not you're not you're not polluting while you're keeping mozzies at bay. <laughs> well, I'm really glad to hear that you guys are not letting um, perfection get in the way of progress. That even though things are a bit haphazard at the moment, at least you are getting yourselves out there and you know doing what you can to raise money for um, mosquito-borne diseases and preventing them. Uh, now, can you each of you please share at least one or two things that keep you guys sane in your obviously crazy busy lives? Yeah, I'd say that I like to do a lot of things uh, and I often uh, find myself probably doing too many things, uh, but I'm also a person that if I don't stop and slow down, uh, I'll just fall apart. I think I've realised that, especially over the last two years being a JMO. So two things that I like to do, um, I like to do a little bit of meditation each day, a um, bit of a, a bit of probably an alternative one. Um, I find that when I meditate, uh, 
daily or, you know, uh, I, I probably, I feel so much better. And uh, if I, you know, stray away from it a little bit, I'm kind of, you know, thinking what a, uh, what is it I'm missing in my life? Also, a little thing which I've been doing recently, which sounds a bit weird, but I really enjoy is going and getting coffee by myself, uh, going, grabbing a nice book, going to a cafe around the corner and just sitting back for a bit of, uh, bit of time with me. Uh, so I can get a good book and a good cup of coffee. Yeah, I'm completely on board with the, the uh, once a week solo coffee. Big fan of that. Um, otherwise, Tim and, actually, Tim and I have actually been uh, both learning to surf recently um, because I think we both realized that after having lived in Newcastle for so long and telling people we lived in Newcastle for so long, it's a bit pathetic that we uh, haven't actually properly been out on a surfboard yet. So uh, we're finally finding our feet. Uh, running a lot of Reddit uh, and podcasts as well. We're both uh, often sharing the, the latest episode that, um, that we've been inspired by, which is why we're especially chuffed to have been um, asked by you to come along and have a chat today. Oh, thanks, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I really wish you guys all the best with this enterprise. I really hope you reach your targets. Thank, thank you, you so much, Dana. If you really like that episode, please don't forget to leave a review on iTunes to help a sister out. And don't forget to subscribe to our email list so that you never miss an episode. 